cliffcentral.com. All right, listen, it's time for Collectomania, and this is where we uh, we go into into people's collections. It's something that we've decided to do with the South African Gold Coin Exchange and the Scoin Shop. And today we're going to continue our weekly dose of Collectomania. We're going to talk about the compulsive collections that people all over the place have. And today it's close to home, literally, because I managed to talk my brother into doing this with us. He's here to tell us about his collection. You can actually see it in the background in his picture, too. Hello, Rob. How are you? Morning. I hope you can hear me clearly. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, boy. Perfectly. He's got, so he's got this room, my brother, where he's got a whole bunch of stuff that, first of all, they're, they're, it's, it's not just one kind of collection. He's collecting a whole, whole lot of things, which we'll get to in a second. But I said to you, my family are all compulsive collectors of some kind or another. You know, I collect swords and coins and books and chemicals from the periodic table. And my brother collects completely different things. But I almost feel like he collects these things because when we were kids, we used to love action figures. and We used to watch all those cartoons on TV. And then we would want the toys. And I still think that my brother had... I don't, you must have had like... A, you might have, must have felt deprived or something because now you're making up for it. And you, you have... <laughs> So many of these things. No, no, no. It's seriously. Why don't you explain what you collect first, and, and then we'll talk it through. So, so, yeah, it, it morphs. What I've decided to do, and Gareth, it's not a room. It's my home office, so it is functional. Yeah. Uh, I just try to decorate it with, you know, live organic, well, it's plastic, but, I mean, it's, you know, actual things rather than just a wallpaper or a painting. Yeah. Um, yeah is it a bit over the top? Definitely. Do people walk in and go, what are you, I mean, what are you thinking? Yes. But for me, it's this kind of small hobby that just morphed into something. I think half the, half the fun of collecting anything is actually the hunt of finding it. Um, and then, you know, the question is, what do you do with it once you get it? And I think all people, you know, in some way, shape or form, collect something. Um, mm-hmm. It might not be something physical. It might be photos, it might be like you swords, coins, stamps. I mean, it's been going on for a, a long, long time. And the interesting thing is, once you get into something, whether it be, you know, action figures, watches, Lego, cars, vintage cars, yeah. there's a whole subculture within that. And you actually learn that, believe it or not, these these things you collect can often be pretty good investments too. I mean, for me, that's always quite an interesting thing. You don't just buy it you know, put it away and, you know, forget about it. You, you, you can always go and sell a lot of these things. There's a market. Um, so I'll explain a bit more about that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm collecting currently uh, the two sets of action figures. Obviously, I'm a big Star Wars fan. So Star Wars is, is one of the sets that kind of or the themes that I have, have gone after for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And then, as you mentioned, when we were kids. Oh, wow. I mean, the of the universe. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I built during lockdown. So let me let me just explain. So my my brother built that table. That's the coffee table in his in his office, and inside it is a is a Millennium Falcon, which is the that's the ship from Star Wars. And he's got all the little uh, the little men, and uh, it's it's got lights, and it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, he's it's, so this whole room is just essentially it is a, wow it is a, it is a functional room, but he's had cabinets. Sorry, Gareth, about yeah. that ship in, the, in the, the coffee table. So that was until, um, I think, end of last year, the biggest Lego set ever produced. Yeah. It had 7,500 blocks making up that spaceship. 
and that's why I'm currently actually second because they released um, an architectural set, uh, which is a copy of the Colosseum in Rome, wow. which is now the biggest set ever produced, 9,000 pieces. So they upped it from 7,500 to 9,000. Unbelievable. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, Lego Lego is the other thing I collect. That's a hell of an interesting theme. I'm certainly not by any way, shape, or form the, the, the leading kind of Lego expert in South Africa. There are guys in South Africa that are doing brick fair, that are you know, collecting literally thousands of sets. I'm only kind of getting into Lego, but Lego is hell of an interesting because it's a very liquid market, believe it or not. Yeah. If you if you want to buy a Lego set, you can go and buy it at the Lego store, which obviously is great now that South Africa has our own, <coughs> you know, official Lego stores. Mm-hmm. But you can go and build the set as long as you keep all the pieces. You can actually sell it um, for, I would say, you know, depending on obviously the the quality of of you know, how you keep it, or if you have the box, you can sell it for 75 to 80% of what you paid for it two or three years later. If not, you can sell it for a lot more. Hmm. <laughs> so, well, I just, I, yeah. I want to say quickly, whenever I've walked into your office, I mean, I always, I'll spend minutes, maybe even up to half an hour, just looking around. There's so much going on there. There's so much to see. It looks half like a, like a shop. And you haven't taken some of these out of the packaging because you want to keep them pristine right so they as a collection it, it's more valuable if you keep them in their boxes right yeah well, i mean lego is an example you have a sealed set it's going to be probably 20 percent to 50 percent more than a set which you've opened built and then just put back in ziploc bags so people do pay a premium for anything that's sealed as an example let's go back to he-man i mean mm-hmm. when we were kids he-man retailed i think there was a a, a hyper store down the road from us back in the day. They were nine rand ninety nine. I remember, I remember that. that. Distinct. God, we loved those. If you the, yeah, if you had the foresight or the the willpower to keep a He-Man in its original packaging from nineteen eighty one <laughs> or eighty three, today on eBay fifteen thousand US dollars. What? Fifteen thousand US dollars. mint. You know, sealed uh, uh, He-Man. Unbelievable. So, I mean, there's quite a few. Very, I did a bit of research, and there are quite a few interesting. In, in fact, there are one or two documentaries which, if anyone's interested, they should watch. There's one specific one on Netflix called "The Toys That Made Us," which has got an episode dedicated to each kind of sub theme: Barbie, He-Man, mm-hmm. Lego, Star Wars, etc. Uh, and there are a few interesting facts that that come out of that. And obviously, Star Wars being the biggest kind of movie franchise, or in my ever. opinion, anyway, sure, uh, ever. So George Lucas obviously came out of, you know, producing, I think, one mildly successful movie, and he had the Star Wars script. He did Star Wars. Um, and, and and while he was negotiating with whichever, uh, uh, you know, production company was backing it, I can't remember which one, 20th Century Fox, I think. So mm-hmm. he said to them, look, I can actually command a $500,000 salary as a director, but I'd like to keep my salary where it was previously, which is $150,000. Right. But in exchange for that, you've got to give me all the merchandise, uh, rights to the merchandise and the, the, you know, follow the movies that follow on from the original, which, funny enough, they agreed to. Okay? <laughs> so here the fact. Star Wars, in, in, in its entirety, mm-hmm. um, at the box office, has actually taken in $7 billion in mm-hmm. ticket revenue. Now, the merchandise, which includes obviously its toys, you know, all, all the stuff, T-shirts, sure. everything that goes with that, 
27 billion dollars so <laughs> that's that's so george lucas you know for a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar cut in his pay which would have been immediate ended up over his obviously his star wars life cycle when he when he also sold it to disney he made five and a half million dollars billion sorry five and a half billion Gee. in exchange for three hundred and fifty. all right so, so so i mean a lot of this stuff people just collect because they themselves are, are crazy about something but actually as you point out there could be there could be a part of this that's really about an investment i mean we know people yeah. we know people collect art we know people collect um and that's an acceptable collection. You know, nobody's going to look at an art collector and go, oh, that's such a weird thing that you collect. But there might be people who, you know, collect fossils, for example. And those fossils may end up being very, very valuable to, to someone else. And because there are other collectors in the world, they'll pay a premium for the stuff that sure. you've, you, you've gathered. Now, what is the most exciting part of hunting for these missing pieces of your collection? Because, I mean, you, you've got to also draw a line. You don't want to spend you know, hundreds of thousands of rands, especially because who's got that now, on, on one item that most people would think is ridiculous. Yeah, so look, the, the, the thing with South Africa that's a bit challenging, look, Lego, you can pick up anything. Uh, uh, so whatever you want to source, it's not only in the U.S., you can get pretty much everything here. Yeah. Some of the action figure stuff you don't have at retail here. You've got to actually import it on eBay, and then you pay quite a, a heavy shipping cost, etc. But the big thing is we, we obviously had our, I think the Comic-Con was two, two, two or three years ago. So Comic-Con is obviously the big thing where in the U.S., I mean, people, you know, sleep for three nights outside a, yeah. uh, an event uh, uh, arena just to get tickets. Right. And every Comic-Con, they also have exclusive items, whether it's a Lego minifigure, whether it's a, you know, action figure you don't get anywhere else. And these, these items specifically are obviously very hard to find. Yeah. A lot of guys will buy three if they go to Comic-Con, and they'll sell two at a massive premium, and it will pay for their whole Comic-Con cost. So, so, yeah, chasing these hard-to-find right. uh, items is really exciting. I just want to ask you one other thing before, before I let Leanne and Sia ask a bunch of questions. But you've got two boys who are, you know, they're yeah. also, they love toys. Now, how do, they, how do you keep them from going in there and opening everything up? Mm. And spoiling your whole collection because I mean they they they're not uh, they're not little shits but the temptation is so great there's no way that they don't go in there and sometimes try and open the door and have a look when you're not around. No, they do. They're allowed in. They they look. I've had a few Lego sets to be pillaged, specifically by by my youngest. Um, which, you know, I mean, what am I going to do? You know, they 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 don't understand. So I don't mind that they come in and open stuff. It's not the end of the world. Um, but I think they, they kind of see it as something that they're also part of. You know, they're helping me, you know, build, especially Lego. It's such a fantastic, hmm. um, you know, toy to be able, you don't just play with it as a, as a once-off. You can continually reuse it, rebuild it. And, you know, during lockdown, you know, we were stuck in the house. So Lego became quite a big, you know, a big thing for us to do together, especially when, can't really go out and do anything else. Mm -hmm. And yeah, their, their love for, for toys like Lego, I mean, it's very evident. Obviously, I'm fueling it a little bit too much. But mm -hmm. but yeah, they, they're very much part of this. You know, they, they, they enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a comment here that when you have kids, you sometimes have to give up, give up some of your nice stuff. And that's true. But, mm-hmm. it's, but it must be, I mean, listen, when we were kids, we just, we used to fantasize about getting those toys. And we'd think about it. It was the most exciting thing in the world when you got it. And it was just like the beginning of the, the best day of your life when your dad got home and he's like, yeah, I brought you a present and this is it. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, it was always, it was always, sorry, Sia. Um, it was always a, almost a sign of wealth when we were younger. Mm. Like that's how we measured wealth was how many Barbies are from the collection our friend had or how many He-Man figures they had. Um, and, and it was like, Oh, well, they must be really wealthy because she's got five Barbies. <laughs> and a whole set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, far have you ever, how far have you ever gone for your love of collecting? Have you traveled somewhere specifically just to get the item? Have you pulled in a big favor to get something? Uh, no, I mean, I've never traveled. The thing is with, with the current, you know, delivery systems worldwide, it's so easy just to get something you know, direct to your door without having to put in much effort. But I mean, geez, yeah, one day I'd love to go to, you know, the big San Diego Comic Con and just experience that whole thing. The South African Comic Con was fantastic. Um, and I went with a mate of mine. That was very, very cool to see. You won't believe how, you know, how many thousands of people come out and, you know, are passionate about something very odd that maybe isn't part of their daily life. And they've got this, you know, this little alter ego that, you know, is fueled by, you know, really, really big passion in, in something bizarre, whether it's Lego blocks, or, yeah. you know, yeah, who knows? Um, but no, I've never really, I don't think done anything that mad yet. But yeah, one day, go with the kids, go to Disneyland and, you know, look at that whole Star Wars world that they've created there. That would be pretty cool. Well, it's also nice to kind of have the stuff around you in the way that you want. I mean, you, you had those cabinets specially built so that you could have all of this yeah. stuff. And as you say, it's sure. part of it's part of the decoration of the room. It's not just a, a place to store things. Mm. And I think that's pretty no, cool too. I mean, you put it in a box and put it in an attic or a storage in your garage. I mean, what's the point there? Yeah. You know, for me, yeah. it was no. like, yeah. the vision was to have this, this kind of uh, – you know, interactive room where obviously I spend most of my my work time when I'm at home. So, so yeah, it's it's, it's like just a really cool, interesting room for for me. Ha- yeah, having having it on display like that, um, there's a fine line between what some people would call a hoarder and other people would call a collector. And by by putting stuff in a in in a good order in lit up cabinets that have been specially made. You're definitely out of the hoarder bracket. <laughs> yeah, I've also been told that I've got to stop now, which I have. So, yeah, I think the last thing I added would have been last year, late last year. So I've actually just run out of space, Leanne. But, yes, I've also had to draw <laughs> the line now because mm-hmm. I've said, I have nowhere, nowhere else to put anything for now. So unless I go and sell a whole lot of stuff. But, Gareth, here's an interesting one for you. The most valuable Lego minifigures in the world. Mm-hmm. Valued at $2 billion. You're joking. There's three of them. There's three, okay. And the reason they're worth so much money is because they were made out of space-grade aluminium. Yeah. Okay, it was Jeez. a little minifigure sculpt of the Roman god Jupiter. Yeah. His wife, Bruno, and then Galileo Galilei. Wow. So Lego made the with NASA, and they put them on. I think the spaceship to Jupiter was called Luna. They put them on Luna. And they sent them to Jupiter, okay? 
Yeah. So just the cost of making them is probably five to ten thousand dollars because of the material. And they made one extra set. So the one went off on the rocket. There's one extra set, which I'm assuming is owned by Lego, which is worth uh, an indescribable amount of money. But Lego minifigures also, it's this crazy limited edition. I mean, they made Lego went and released. Uh, uh, there was a competition where you could win a solid 18 karat gold C3PO Lego minifigure. Mm-hmm. There were only five <laughs> in the world. Yeah. You could win. Today, if you, I'm sure there are guys that have collected them that, that will never sell them. But I think today they're valuing purely on the, the gold alone. Um, and obviously the, the limited kind of, you know, number of them released. They, they're saying they're worth $36,000 each. You know, so it's crazy. There's, there's some of these things that, and, and South Africa is so mild. In the US, where I think the market is massive, mm. you've got these guys that are collecting stuff and they are happy to pay, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars for the plastic, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there is that tipping point. Mm. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can become crazy. I mean, I, I think any, any collector can, can eventually go mad. And here's another mm-hmm. good one. In the 80s, when obviously Star Wars or, or the late 70s, it was at its height yeah. being released. They had one of these uh, mail-in, actually, you know, where you collect. We had it too. You collect the, the little stubs at the back of whatever you buy. Yes. You send them in the mail, and then they send you a special figure in the post for free. Right. So they released this this uh, special edition of Boba Fett, the bounty hunter, mm-hmm. which you had to mail in, and and it had a special little spring-loaded rocket on his backpack, right? Which was deemed then to be dangerous. Okay, yep. it could have shot through a kid's eye or whatever it was. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy today. They stopped it. They stopped making them immediately. Yeah. So also, there were probably only about I think a handful, a thousand or so of them that went out today. If you have one of those in obviously mint condition, $150,000. Unreal. All right. Well, now, I mean, if anybody who, who was thinking about collecting and hasn't decided to do this now, you can see how it becomes obsessive and it's so much fun. And you can actually, you can learn so much doing this too. All right, Rob, thanks so much. We'll talk to you. Okay, cool. Good luck. Cool. There he is. Yeah. There's, uh, so awesome. we talk collector mania. I mean, this is just, you know, scratching the surface, but you can see there's a there's a bit of an obsessive uh, gene in our family for this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I so, think it's pretty cool. That's Collectomania. Wow. It is brought to you by the South African Gold Coin Exchange and the Scoin Shop. And last week we had uh, the, the the two guys, Alan and Ryle, who who started this, <clears throat> and the two of them. Um, they're a father and son combo. They run the Scoin Shop and the South African Gold Coin Exchange, and they have incredible collectibles there too. And those are things like the little gold C3PO that my brother was just talking about now. Those are things that have intrinsic as well as collectability value. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to decide on a collection that isn't going to deteriorate in value over time. <clears throat> you know, if you collected cabbage, I don't think that's the kind of thing that. <laughs> Um, Cabbage is not a great thing to collect. Cliffcentral.com